This season of Cancelled Movie Report is brought to you by our supporters on Patreon. But more about that a bit later. Hello and welcome to Cancelled Movie Report, the documentary podcast series that talks about the best movies that Hollywood never made. My name is Michael Campbell, but you can call me Cambo. And joining me as always is actor, comedian, possibly mutant, Mr. Eden Porter. Thank you very much for having me, Cambo. Now, is that a derogatory term to you, mutant? Well, yeah, I prefer um, homo superior. Oh, great. <laughs> because obviously uh, we're talking about a comic book movie. We are One of our bread and today. butter on this show, That's comic right. book movies. And it's good to you know, mix it up. Just do a comic book movie every now and again, you know, Cambo? Just do yes, something yes. different. Well... We love listening to our listeners, don't we, Cambo? And this week we've got another request for the film that we're doing. Um, It's requested today by Tristan from Berkeley, California. Berkeley, dude. Yeah, that's exactly right. Um, But, uh, look, it's not a comic book movie. Next week we've got a famous old novella that we're adapting. So (laughs) So, who knows how that's going to turn out. Exactly. But, no, you are 100% correct. This week we are talking about X-Men. Yes. Now, this is pre Pre our 2000s. Way back in the 90s. I'm going to take you back to 1994. Wow, without any further ado, let's get into it. Stan Lee and Jack Kirby. Yeah, they created an uncanny superhero team of mutant outcasts way back in 1963. And since the 80s, there's been attempts to bring them to the big screen. The rights have bounced around a few times, Cambo, over the years. First up, Canadian animation powerhouse Nelvania. Right? Have you heard okay. of them? No. Um, so they were actually behind the animation that was a part of the uh, Star Wars holiday special oh. <laughs> that first created Bubba Fett. Bubba That's Fett. where Bubba Fett first came from. Yeah. So they had the rights for a little while, couldn't okay. get it off the ground. Mm-hmm. Then James Cameron and Calico Pictures bought them up in uh, 1989. The idea, I know this is... We need to ring the bell. This we, is, I should have got the bell back I know. Out. This is this is really happening because... Familiar ground. This Exactly right. Listen to this though, Cambo. The idea was that his wife, Catherine Bigelow, mm-hmm. now um, I believe they're divorced now, now, yes. but uh, that's that's right. She went on to, to lots of things. Um, she did all right. She did all right. Yeah, she's, yeah. she's she's uh, she directed. Did she do Hurt Locker? No, she did. She, she did Hurt Locker. The, the, and the year I believe that she won the Oscar for Hurt Locker, she defeated her ex-husband defeated. James Cameron, <laughs> who was nominated for Avatar. A little film called Avatar. Exactly <laughs> right. Well, the idea was that she was going to direct it. He was going to produce it. Jimmy Cameron. Yep. And they were all ready for action until they they were in a meeting one day, right? Yeah. And uh, another topic sort of uh, piqued uh, Jim's Jim, friend of the podcast, friend of the podcast, yeah, correct, Jim Cameron, um, piqued his interest. And of course, when they started to talk about a little film called Spider Man, yeah, we actually heard a clip of mm. this in our Spider Man episode. Chris Claremont, longtime writer of the X Men, explained what happened. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So he suddenly that was out there, and he was like, "Well, actually, I'm a little bit more interested in the old Spider Man than the yeah. X Men." And People literally talk about that meeting. They knew at the end of that meeting that it the X Men movie was dead. <laughs> All of a sudden, they're just like, "Oh God, okay." Hey, See look, we're we're always picking up new listeners on the show. If this is your first episode, first of all, welcome, welcome, thank you. But hey, if that Spider Man movie interests you, we have a whole episode about. We it. We have an absolutely whole episode. Go back in the back catalog. This is this is it fantastic. It is not good. <laughs> spoiler alert! I mean, the, spoiler alert! The episode's very good. Oh, the episode the is fantastic. Itself. I think I do a great job, but the movie mm, debatable. Um, so we've already explored that. We've talked about that. Yeah. So this, from that meeting, right, mm-hmm. then the rights then left those guys and they went to 20th Century Fox. So it's a, in, a, in a way a sequel to our Spider-Man It, it sort of is. Yeah, okay. yeah, 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 yeah. Um, so in 1994, 
they'd um, gone through a whole bunch of writers. Everyone comes up doing pitch meetings. Um, one of those writers was our good friend, friend of the podcast, Andrew Kevin Walker. It's a sequel to so many things. It's, it's, it's amazing, isn't okay. it? So if you're a new listener correct, and you're do it again, do it again, Kembo. in the works of Andrew Kevin Walker, of course, screenwriter of such movies as Seven, Eight, Eight Millimeter, Millimeter, Sleepy Hollow. Exactly. Uh, he wrote the original version of Batman vs. Superman. Mm. Go back and have that yeah, work. <laughs> Check it's that not out. good. <laughs> <laughs> no, but see, Andrew's he's actually done. I, I love Joe, him. I, I love him. I dug a little deeper. Do you know he's got some uncredited uh, writing credits? Fight as Club well? is one of them. Fight Club, The Game, yep. Event Horizon. Yep. Yeah. So uh, on Andrew Kevin Walker's website, God, this is just an ad for Andrew Kevin yeah. Walker, this podcast. Uh, he has a whole section where you can read excerpts of his yeah. scripts. And then under the ones he's credited for, he just credits himself with like, yeah, I did. Yeah, I did, up, yeah. I did. I did whatever. that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So Andrew, he worked on the project for two years. But like all films that we've looked at at this podcast, it just yeah. didn't eventuate, unfortunately. Imagine if we did one in the end, we're like, and it was made. And yes, here it is. And you've seen it. <laughs> <laughs> so we have to wait until the year 2000 before um, 20th Century Fox got their stuff together and um, put together the X-Men movie that so we all know and love. This is something that we've been dabbling in a little bit this season, which is what we did it with uh, Indiana Jones, which is... Uh, Initial drafts, yes, that did eventually become something, but the original pitch, the original draft, is so different as to be a whole different film, film itself. and it is worth. So exploring. it's it's almost an unofficial season of first drafts that we're doing here. Well, you know what's interesting? There's actually a quite a, a detail. So this is this is the draft. I've got some dates for you. This Great. is the June seventh, nineteen ninety four yeah. draft that, that we'll be doing today. Wow, I've heard that's the uh, the primo. But there is also one that he did the second draft, okay. which was October seventeenth. Right. Yeah. And there are actually quite a few differences that okay. he's he's taken apart. But I actually, after reading both of them, I, I do feel the first draft is actually the more superior draft. Uh, okay. The drafto superior, <laughs> as you as <laughs> you call it. The uh, here's what I'm interested in. We obviously have covered an Andrew Kevin Walker project before, mm. and what we were fascinated with is him bringing a, a quite a darkness to a lot of things, but that comes yeah. a lot from him being quite a jaded Hollywood guy yeah. over time. Yes. This is this is early, early Andrew Kevin Walker. This is this is what would be one of the ninety four would be one of the first things he's done. Yeah, correct. Yeah, this is when so he's just pitched out seven uh-huh. and he's just gonna and now he's just a, a writer for hire, just so trying to pay the bills. I'm interested to see if any of the Andrew Kevin Walker darkness has peered through or not in the draft. Well, it's, you know what's interesting? Because 20th Century Fox, at the time, they on Fox Kids, they had the X-Men animated yeah. series. And a lot of that sort of style of how that sort of put together as an X-Men really comes through in ah, this. interesting. So it's a little bit more comic booky, okay. sort of, and a little bit... You'll, you'll, there's a few lines that I've had to uh, mm-hmm. pull out because they're, they're uh, dripping with some cheese. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, so we'll get to them. There, okay, there, there, here's an interesting question for you mm. because there's so many iterations of what this movie was supposed to be, one with James Cameron and then obviously it eventually went to Brian Singer. Was there, over the years, there's been rumors of people that were potentially going to play different characters. Well, Canva, this is actually my next thing that I wanted to talk to you about Great. because I'm thinking 90s, yeah. 1994, mm-hmm. right? So I just want to throw this over to you. Mm-hmm. Casting some of these big mutant names in 1994, what are you thinking? Let's just throw it out there. Well, here's the one that always fascinated me, and I think this is actually from a bit earlier than 94, but one of the people that gets thrown around a little bit as being in contention for Wolverine was actually Bob Hoskins. Yeah, little Bobby Hoskins. He's got the height. He does, yeah. (laughs) He's an angry short man. Which is it's so fascinating to think now, isn't it? Uh, it's amazing, especially because he's he, he's quite cockney, isn't he? Oh, very much so. So 
Uh, you have to do a Canadian accent. Paul yeah. <laughs> Hoskins, <laughs> eh? Doing a Canadian accent yeah. would be amazing. But what are some other big names that were around in the 90s? What do you think? I'm thinking, what about Cyclops? Uh-huh. Oh, okay. Uh, you wanna you wanna handsome fella? Yeah, that's a nice guy. Yeah, in the in the early nineties, maybe a Kevin Costner. Kevin Costner, <laughs> that's good. I was actually thinking um, Keanu Reeves. Oh yeah, just that starting, wouldn't be bad. This is just this is pre Matrix. He's just sort of yeah. been doing his young sort of stuff. Yeah, he's got know. a bit of a Boy Scout thing about I think him. Be good. Um, Professor X. Any other Professor X's come to mind? Well, here's something that I wanted to bring up just about this episode mm. is. Movies like this, because they didn't have solid cast attached, we can have a bit of fun. Yeah, I know. <laughs> so, Professor X, for the longest time, the fan favorite was Patrick, Patrick Stewart. Stewart. Correct. And rightly so, I think. Dreamcasting, dreamcasting. Even in the 90s, he was still a prominent yeah. actor at that time. Well, you've heard the story when uh, he saw the comic book and he goes, why am I in the front of this comic book? <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> okay. okay. Any other any other casting before we uh, move on to the main course? Well, I just wanted to, to say, because we can have fun with casting with this episode, because there was no one tied in, Mate. Patrick Stewart and Ian McCallan, they're, they're so iconic. They're so good. That we just ran with that. <laughs> when, when it came it, to our scene Like that's that's who you're going to get. <laughs> yeah. That's who you're going to get. Yeah. So you might as well just do it again. It might not be accurate. No. We don't care. We don't care. We just love it's them. Fine. <laughs> it's fine. It's good. I love it. It works. It works, mate. It works. Okay, here we go. Let's get down to 1994's X-Men. Just before we get underway, guys, um, we have recently launched a Patreon. So if you love the show and what we do and you want to show your support, it's a great way to get involved. We have heaps of exclusives on there, including a new exclusive podcast for Patreon listeners. It's called Casting Calls, where we look at people who were almost cast in famous roles. They just missed out and we recreate them for your lovely eardrums. Now, let's get back to the film. We open high above Hollywood Boulevard and we see a billboard that reads, Mutants Must Register. This is the Mutant Registration Act. They've, they've touched on this a few times. But in the past. swanky place to start. Yeah, I know, I know. Okay. So we zoom down. We follow down to the street. It's full of weirdos and tourists and a car drives by with a megaphone blaring. Deadline for mutant registration is August 4th. All mutants must fire. At the edge of the lot, away from everyone, there's a well-dressed man standing there watching silently. His face tense with anger. His hair is pure white. His manner refined and stately. Mm. Who dat, Cambo? Is that uh, Magneto? <laughs> Correct. Magneto turns and walks away into a narrow, dark alleyway. Okay. So we've got a little, little bit of an ominous start there. I'm thinking Magneto maybe doesn't like these human beings. Yeah, that's right, mate. That's right. We're now in a skyscraper office reception area in Toronto, Canada. We see a man in a black suit an animalistic look to him. <laughs> they actually say that in the script. A, yes. Bob, a real Bob Hoskins vibe. <laughs> he's got thick sideburns and spiked hair and he's smoking a cigar. Of Classic. course, always smoking Classic. cigar. This is a beast. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Gene Grey, ladies and gentlemen. Um, the receptionist then tells him, Mr. Logan, they'll see you now. He enters a room filled with eight thugs, these huge guys, mm-hmm. and there's a boss sort of sitting in the middle. They call him Big Boss. There's a feeling of mistrust in the air, and one of the brutes pulls out a black metallic rod, and it begins to hum. It's a metal detector. Oh. Yeah. So Logan looks unhappy, and we zoom in on the clip, 
his uh, tie clip, yep. zooms it all the way in, and there's a tiny camera inside there. Okay. So then we cut to a van parked outside the building with a large group of agents huddled inside, all on sort of listening devices. Yep. Then we go back to Logan. He holds his hands up. He's, he knows he's in a no-win situation. Mm-hmm. Things are going to turn sideways very quickly. They run the metal detector over Logan, and it starts buzzing like crazy. They frisk him down and find nothing. They're like, where's his weapons? Where's his weapons? One of the henchmen holds the detector right up to his face and it starts <laughs> beeping. <laughs> then Logan smiles, kicks him in the gut and then throws him against the wall. Everyone raises their guns and starts firing like mad. So it just kicks off, it just goes crazy. We then go back into the van and the van, they start hearing the guys that are left in there, like the higher up guys, you just hear audio of just people getting annihilated. Like, <laughs> through the radio. This is, this is, they say in the script, they say sound effects of guards battling a snarling, murderous beast. <laughs> so they just see crazy stuff going right. And we just see Logan walking out by himself, a bit disheveled. Mm-hmm. He does his tie up calmly. Classic. And he says, I hope you guys brought a mop. <laughs> this is what, you better get used to this couple of these yeah, lines yeah. coming out, Cambo, because there's a, there's a few of them in the works. Um, so then that, that sort of finishes up. So how about that for an opening couple of scenes? Very, very, very different from what we get in yes. the 2000 X-Men, which starts at the Holocaust. Yeah, big time. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah. yeah, far out. So this one starts Wolverine first, Yeah, uh, which he, he doesn't appear to the original one that we did get like 30, 30 minutes off. Yeah, audio. yeah. Uh, starts with Wolverine, secret undercover mission, no Holocaust. Yeah, yeah okay. in, in Canada. I am interested. Here's what I'm interested in with this is to see what the lineup of the X-Men is in this movie. Uh, okay. Because from memory, when X-Men did come out, people were a bit underwhelmed by the lineup that yeah. they chose. Uh, but X-Men is an ever-evolving team. So each iteration kind of has a different lineup of X-Men. And I'm interested to see what the 94 this lineup is, would have been. It's a good lineup. It's Obviously, a, it's you're going to have Wolverine because yeah. he seems to be he's, the poster boy. He's the poster boy. boy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, <laughs> not, yeah. A, not an original X-Men uh, character. But still. But he is, I think, who most people think of when they think of the X-Men. Yeah. And there's, this is this is an older sort of lineup. So yeah, great. Be, yeah, I, so I, I love good. it. I love the yeah. change of the lineup. Yeah, yeah, it's good. Now, Canva, I'm going to take you now. We find ourselves in a circus big top, Mm -hmm. right? So we're under the spotlights and the ringmaster introduces the next act. Yep. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, nothing you have experienced in your lives can prepare you for this evening's entertainment. He will delight you. He will shock you. He will make your hair stand on end. And so without further ado, I'm proud to present to you Blob. Blob. And so Blob comes out now, right? This is he's a 500 pounds of highly obese individual, and he's in a speedo when he comes out. Now people might know Bob's version from the uh, the X-Men Wolverine spin Origins Wolverine, correct? Yes. So he is a, a part in that. Um, so Bob, huge guy. Yeah, yeah. Not the not the smartest guy going yeah, around either. Yeah, Blob is a big hulking mass of just Mutant, flesh guess, yeah, yeah pretty much um, kids cheer and women are repulsed by him <laughs> and we see two men in suits with sunglasses watching from the back row hmm who are they they are they're eating popcorn and they're watching Bob we now see Bob back in his dressing room after so, the show. So you're saying Bob is Blob's name Bob? Oh, fuck. No, I said Bob. Did I say Bob? <laughs> you said Bob. <laughs> it could be Bob. It, it could, could be Bob. Bob. But they, they do refer to him as Bob. as Bob. They do refer to him as Blob. <laughs> All the, they're like, hey, Blob, what are you doing, Blob? Um, but now we're back in that. So the show's over. Yeah. We're back in his dressing room. Let's see how that pans out. Give them a smile, Blob. They love you, Blob. 
Blob stands, wiping his mouth. He walks towards a giant canvas bathtub. Okay, okay, relax. It's your special time now. Time to pamper yourself. He disrobes. Time to treat yourself like a princess. He awkwardly hops into the tub, displacing water. He submerges. Unseen to him, two men enter the dressing room tent. One of them takes a switchblade and slashes the side of the canvas tub. Water gushes out, leaving the blob high and dry, covered in bubbles. Hey, what the hell's going on? Bad time's over, fat boy. You wouldn't want to wrinkle. Who, who are you guys? We're with the government. We caught your act tonight. You're quite the performer. The Mutant Registration Act was enacted by Congress several months ago, Mr. Blob. Now are you thinking you can simply ignore the laws of these good United States, or do you only obey those certain laws that please you? I don't know what you're talking about, but this is my private dressing area. Let me explain something to you, Doughboy. You have unnatural powers. You're a mutant and a danger to society. So we normal folk need to know who, what, and where you are at all times. Behind one of the men on a canvas wall, a huge shadow rises outside. A clawed hand rips through the canvas of the tent. Sabretooth enters the tent and starts attacking the two men, throwing one of them across the room. One of the men raises their gun, pointing it at Sabretooth. Suddenly, another figure leaps from behind, landing straight in front of him. It's Toad. Hello? Toad throws the man into a mirror, shattering him. He turns back to Blob. The name's Mortis Tonely. Pleased to meet you. You don't really look much of a menace to society though, do you, eh? Give him time. Sabretooth brings a claw to the man's throat. No, Sabretooth. Let them live to tell others that the Brotherhood was here. <sighs> if you value your life, we'll be outside. No reason for you to be frightened, Bob. I'm not frightened. And I could have taken care of those guys all by myself. What do they want from me anyway? What everyone wants. To look upon you and rationalize their own existences. But the hour has come for you to stop accepting the label of freak. You are the next step in homo superior evolution. Homo Superior. Would you like to stop being hurt by humans and instead be the one who does the hurting for a change? Would you like that, my handsome friend? Yeah, I'd like that a lot. Oh, Cambo. Classic trope of uh, these kind of movies is big fat guy but he wants to be like a little girl. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And he's dumb and he's, <laughs> yeah, yeah. 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 Um, it, it's good we got Ian McKellen to, to do the role. We got him it? in. We got him in. Uh, he was didn't even Didn't even cost that much. No, no he's a day player. <laughs> <laughs> um, great. Again, we have to just shout out to our voice cast. Yeah, like, yeah. Awesome. Hunter Davis is the voice of Magneto. Amazing, yeah. amazing. Um, okay, so... They're recruit- so are you familiar with the Brotherhood? The Brotherhood, uh, Brotherhood of Mutants. Yes, the Brotherhood of Evil Mutants. Yes, yes, yes. that's right. Um, so Brotherhood of Evil Mutants in the comics, shortened to the Brotherhood of Mutants in the movie, shortened to the Brotherhood? Just the yeah, Brotherhood, okay. yeah. They just referred to the Brotherhood. Okay. And then later on, just B. B? <laughs> 
But um, they're obviously they're forming their own little team. Yeah. So yeah, it's going good. That's a classic Vagnolino. Oh, massively, massively. He loves that. He loves it. He loves the group. He and of course, group. the uh, you got the slimy uh, agents there as well. Yeah, trying to yeah. say, hey, you've got to register. And Toad's made an appearance. So Toad. I haven't really seen much of Toad. Um, I'm only familiar with him from the the other X Men movie. Yeah. So so he survived. Yes. From this iteration to the next. Yeah. Well, interesting. So I've got a fun fact about Toad in the X Men movie from 2000. Oh yes. Which is actually more to do with Storm. But um, there's a line in the first X Men movie that gets made fun of a lot. Yeah. In which when Storm yeah. kills Toad or electrocutes him at least, she says. Do you know what happens, happens when a toad, toad gets struck by lightning? lightning? Same thing that happens yeah, to everything, everything else. else. strikes yeah. him. And everyone's like, that was That's weird. weird. <laughs> there is a reason for that line being there. Really? There, there, is, there is some context that makes sense if you know why it happened. Please enlighten me. Which Gemma. is obviously this went through a lot of drafts and Toad was in almost every single yep. draft. And actually uh, Joss Whedon did a draft. Yes, he did. Yeah, I did read that. We'll, we'll probably get into it a little bit later. So... He had an ongoing gag through the thing where Toad would um, mock people as he was attacking them. Where it say say they try to do something, he goes, "Oh, you know what happens if you do that to a Toad?" And he'd explain why he can escape it. Oh, and he was always taunting okay. people. So then she says it back to him. She goes, "Well, do you know what happens if it's struck by lightning? Same, Same thing that happens to everything okay. else." That makes so much makes more sense, sense, right? Wow. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's good. I'm glad that survived all the iterations yeah. and now makes no sense in <laughs> no the context of the at film all. at all. So we are at. Riker Island. Mm-hmm. So this is your your criminal, your prison for yep. uh, for mutant criminals. Yes, it's where they hold everyone. The car pulls up and a forklift drives out um, from one nearby building. It starts to go up to the car and they they're putting the forklift into the back of this truck and they're pulling out a pallet. Right? Who do you think is on the pallet? I think there's someone that has brute force. Yeah, it's quite big. Yeah, I'm gonna say. Juggernaut. It's the juggernaut, bitch. (laughs) (laughs) He's unconscious at the moment, so he's being knocked out, but he's lying there. And he, can I just say, he's comic book accurate. So he's in his red, huge armor, and he's got the round domed helmet. So he looks very, very similar. They talk about the benefits of keeping him sedated for the next 20 years while he's in jail. And then we hear from somewhere at the back, we hear, looky, looky. And they look up to the building and, like, hanging up one of the um, the guards' towers, there's Sabretooth there, and he's holding one of the guards over, like, over the so, edge. So, Sabretooth said, big beast Sabretooth. Yeah, he said, said looky, looky. <laughs> Later on in the film, he, he does say fee-fi-fo-fum as well. <laughs> so, I'm not quite sure the style that they're going for there. But he's, he's dangling a guard from um, an unconscious guard over yeah. the edge. Um, we then see Blob running through, Bob or Blob, mm-hmm. running through the open gate. And then Toad is in the other guard tower high above. So the whole gang's there. The wall of the side of the prison explodes. Yeah? And then enter our good friends, the, the X-Men. Exactly right. So, and our guys are all standing, they're all coming in. And it's they're looking very much like their cartoon counterparts. Does it just say whether or not they have their outfit? It says that, well, it, from the vibe, it doesn't actually say uh-huh. Cyclops is in blue, yeah. but they give that sort of, yeah. definitely that impression okay. that they're sort of very much, very, very similar yeah. to what they're uh, A, a big like. point of contention for the, the X-Men movie is Was that they gave them all the same black, black leather. And it yeah. looked, yeah. These guys are all very distinguishable. Great. Yeah, cool. Love it. So we've got Cyclops with his ruby visor. Yeah. Yeah. We've got the telepath Jean Grey. Fantastic. Yeah, love it. Um, the blue furry beast. Great. Yes. Um, and we've got high above flapping his wings is Angel. Oh, okay. Yeah. 
Then we see, and then we hear some sliding, slippery sliding noises, and from behind, making his own sort of, uh, what do you call it, like sl- slopes out of ice. Oh, we yeah, have yeah. Iceman Great. with his freeze powers. Great, Great so that's lineup. our that's our team at the moment. Yeah, so it's it's old school yeah. sort of yeah, Angel Iceman on these guys. Um, then they have this. <laughs> This is a great exchange where I talked about cheesy lines, Gambo. Yep. This is literally what's in the what's in the script. Cyclops, they've just smashed through this door, uh-huh. and he says, "Knock, knock, who's there?" And then Sabretooth goes, "X Men." That's right. <laughs> there are so many things wrong with that exchange. Firstly, Cyclops knocks and says, "Who's there?" <laughs> <laughs> That's not yeah. how that works. Yeah. Also, when when Sabretooth says X Men, is he asking it or is he saying it? Is it who's there? X- is it the X Men? He goes, oh, yeah, oh. X Men. Yeah. It is the weirdest exchange. <laughs> I don't know why you would knock and say who's there. It's ridiculous. They didn't knock, by the way. They blew the thing. The thing over it. Yeah. Exactly. Um, so then we have this huge fright breaks out between yeah. everyone as they're doing that. We see in the background Juggernaut starts to sort of wake up. And he, he opens his eyes and he just looks around and he says the line, I hate X-Men. <laughs> <laughs> Look, he's, he's a man of few words. He then turns the tide of the battle. So once Juggernaut gets involved, he starts just running through all these X-Men, starts smashing them. The X-Men are left bloodied and beaten on the ground. The bad guys escape and Gene and Cyclops, they sort of are on the ground together. They share a moment before Gene creates a, a mental energy field around them and all four of them sort of rise up mm-hmm. and they start floating away. Okay. So, look, it's not a great battle for them. Yeah. Yeah? Um, they're doing that. The police and the helicopters are all arriving in, but everyone's sort of gone. It took a bit of an, an L. Yes, one, yes. Yeah. yeah, it took a bit of an L. So, really, the bad guys came to get Juggernaut and they got Juggernaut yeah. and they, they left with him. So, now we're going to cut now to the Senate in session. Yeah? So, it's a packed house and Senator Chester, he takes the floor. Now, we've all heard stories about the new problem. More and more we hear. Anyone who's watched the news in the last 24 hours knows that the man named Kane Marple wears a giant suit of armor and calls himself Juggernaut. And for good reason, I might add. For years, he used his incredible powers to rob banks. And he was supposed to be unstoppable. But somebody stopped him. The National Guard. They had him. They had him, that is, until last night when he was set free by a group of mutant terrorists. And according to witnesses, the X-Men were spotted at the scene of the crime. Well, who are these mysterious X-Men? If they fight for the common good, like some claim they do, then why haven't they come forward to, to be accounted for under the Mutant Registration Act? Why is that? My distinguished colleagues, the problem with mutants is that they are different. But you can't always tell by looking. They don't carry concealed weapons. They are concealed weapons. So I say, it is time to seriously consider internment camps for mutants and mandatory tattoos. Because without these, without those, who knows what dangers lie. What did we expect? We filled the earth with pollutants. We depleted the ozone, sprayed every chemical imaginable on our food. And now that our progeny begins to show the evolutionary result, we act surprised, as if it were shocking. Sir, I 
I uh, wanted to talk to you about what happened last night. You did your best, Scott. Leave it at that. I finished my latest excursion on the internet. The final CSS Unix code was nearly impossible, but I broke through. I found what I was searching for. He's an agent at Canada's Department 8. He has the ability to heal almost any injury with unbelievable efficiency. And his bones are coated with adamantium metal, the strongest aloe known to man. What are these on his hands? Retractable claws, made of the same metal. His code name is Wolverine. And if we don't get to him soon, then I fear they might. Okay, a few things. Hit me. When Cyclops comes into the room, like you did just then, yeah. he should have said knock knock. Yeah, he's he did there. it. <laughs> Cyclops. <Yeah. laughs> um, and another thing, if if I am reading this correctly, mm-hmm. uh, it seems that Cerebro isn't in this film. He's just finding mutants on the internet? No, he has Cerebro. Okay. He has Cerebro. Okay. He does have Cerebro. That comes in a bit later, but... Um, he can also Google search. Yeah, no, that's, that's, fine. that's fine. And you know that would but, but you know what was great there as well. He's like, now there's, there was a code. It was basically impossible. Okay. Man, I cracked it. <laughs> <laughs> do we? Do we need to know that? Do we need to know that? So he's a little bit. Yeah, he's, he's got tickets on himself. Yeah, he's yeah, a little he bit does. like that. Well, arrogant. Yeah, is one word to describe him. So now we're going back to Logan. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Logan. He's slumped in his chair in the Canadian Secret Service office. Um, his handler, James Hudson, files paperwork as Logan tells him about his visions. Hudson sort of absent-mindedly nods along, and then we hear Logan, and we hear chunk as his claws tear into the paper in front of him. Logan wants to know who he actually is. He doesn't have any memories. He wants to find out. He goes, he goes, Hudson, you need to tell me more. You need to like let me know how I how I sort of came to be here. Yep. Hudson says, no one knows. They found him um, with his adamantium claws and everything out in the wild, half insane, living like an animal. What a find for a yeah. secret, like secret oh, service. Great. They're like, yeah, this guy's great. <laughs> they cleaned him up. They gave him a purpose to serve his country. And Logan just, he's, he's heard this before and he's finding it harder and harder to swallow. And that story, he... He, he wants to know more, so he quits right there and then. Um, Hudson goes to stop him, but as he's leaving, Logan just, he does the old shink <laughs> out his claws, and Hudson sort of backs off. So I, I just want to, just, just for a moment, let's just keep track of the noises that they use yep. in the script. So we've had shink. We've had shink, we've had kershink, and we've had kachunk. Kachunk, okay. I like. I know. So And they use it a few more times. Right. And then they settle on, about halfway through, they settle on just a pop. Which is funny because I would say in the comic book it's famous for being schnick. Yeah, 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 yeah. I know. Or and he, and they often they, so they just start saying, "Oh, he pops his claws out." Right. Okay, like okay, about halfway okay. through, he just they they sort of give up on the noise. Maybe that's the sound effect they settle with. Yeah, 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 literally, yeah, just yeah, great. So Logan now in a we cut to him now in a flannel jacket and jeans. So this is sort of like casual Logan, yeah, yeah. you know. He's sort of going down the road and he's on his Harley. Uh-huh. Yeah, so he's trying to. Sort Maybe of, he's got a biker jacket with the two stripes down it, like he always wears. Oh yeah, 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 and a big cigar, big cigar. So he's on the open road in the mountains and he gets to a small Canadian town and he stops outside a bar. It's called the White Cap Bar. He takes a photo out of his pocket. And he matches up the location with the photo. So he's like, I've got a photo of this place and I'm here. And he goes inside. What can I do for you, friend? I'm hoping you can answer me some questions like, how long has this place been around? The way it is now with the whole 
winter wonderland thing going on? Oh, I'd say about, uh, gosh, 15 years. You a townie? Born and raised. And how many years you put in here? See, what's all this about? You some kind of reporter or something? Well, that's hard to explain. You want the long story, or 20 bucks, and the short one? Oh, I like stories with happy endings. <laughs> I've been working this dive for about, uh, four, ten years. Okay, good. Do me a favor, take a hard look at me. You ever seen me before? No. No, not that I can recall. You sure? Take your time. Might have been a while ago. Maybe years ago. Sorry, friend, but I think if I'd seen that face before, I'd remember. It's alright. It was a long shot. How about sliding me a bottle of Jack? Now how is it that you and I are going to get to know each other? You're sitting all the way up the end of the bar like that. Darling, you don't want to know me. You wouldn't like me very much. Ah, uh, classic Wolverine line. He's a lone wolf. He's <laughs> a lone wolf, mate. He's a, massively a lone wolf. And but, he's a, and he's always like, you'll, you'll fucking hate me so yeah, much. Yeah, I'm the worst. <laughs> I'm the worst. Yet saves the world so much. A million times, so many times. Saves the world a million times. He goes, everyone, you wouldn't like yeah, me. <laughs> so now, we're, now it's uh, night time and Logan leaves the bar after having a few drinks and he rides off down a dirt trail heading to a hunting cabin. Um, he sits at a weathered desk and he looks through an old shoebox and it's filled with a bunch of photos. He's suddenly alert though. He turns his head and he sniffs the air. You know how he yeah. does that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hugh Jackman had great flared nostrils, nostrils for that. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think that was in the casting call. Yeah. They had to really get the flared nostrils working. Um, we cut to outside and Logan's sort of moving through the forest. It's all dark. He's using his stealth. He's sniffing the air. Suddenly he leaps onto a shadow and pins someone to the ground. It's Cyclops. He says, don't move, pretty boy. He puts his fist against Cyclops' throat and he does the old, like he pops one out uh-huh. to the left and he goes, that's one. Pops the second one out to the right and he goes, that's two. Want to try for a third? <laughs> so he's, he's holding him down. Just as he's about to do it, suddenly he's frozen in place and he starts hovering in the air. A figure's being carried down from the sky. Jean Grey is carrying Professor X and he's sort of bringing him down there. Professor X says, Wolverine. Calm down. How did you know that name? I know a great deal about you. As all people say when Uh, asked that uh, question. uh, uh, We have no calls with you. In fact, we need your assistance. And they head into Logan's cabin. Ain't this comfy cozy. Goldilocks and the three mutants. So you want me to join your... uh, What'd you call them? X-Men. So named because they possess extra powers which ordinary humans do not. And how'd you manage to find me? I have contacts in the international intelligence community, but you understand. I cannot go into details. Well, how would this work, exactly? I mean, the CSS and Department H ain't just gonna give me a goodbye kiss. You would disappear. Your Canadian citizenship would become null and void. You'd live in secrecy, the same as us. For the good of humanity, you said. (laughs) 
humanity. Are we a part of that? We are. Unless we make the mistake of excluding ourselves. You know, I could really get to liking you, sweetheart. You're out of line, Logan. Maybe. But then again, I never was much of a team player. I'm declining the invitation. Thanks, anyway. Let's go. He's a lost cause. Listen to me, Logan. Many of the tasks you've performed for your country were questionable, not to mention your methods. I can forgive that. To put past times behind. I don't remember asking forgiveness. You are murderer by trade. This is the label which best defines you, is it not? Will you dispute that? No, but I can live with it. There is a war on the way. Humans against mutants. Mutants against mutants, far worse than anyone imagined. And as battles escalate, you'll be forced to choose a side. This is an opportunity to fight for something far more honorable than a government agenda. Without killing. Sorry. The answer's still no. And you can show yourselves now. He never joins straight away. Never. He never, never joins ne- straight away. He literally has a team of people being like, we'd love to have any of you. Don't, you wouldn't yeah. like me. Yeah. <laughs> no, we like you. We like you. No, no you didn't. So, yeah. <laughs> so it's the, the classic Wolverine. You ask yeah. to join and he yeah. says no. Yeah. Um, so now we cut Can to- I just say, uh, Scott Summers there being the voice of the present 2022. Oh, yeah. You're out of line, Logan, when he's like leering at Jean Grey. Yeah, well, this already starts that. Yeah. And it's a com- common theme that goes through, that yeah. sort of love, love triangle. triangle. Yeah, exactly. So he's already- He's not as- Cyclops definitely isn't as whiny yeah. in this one yeah. as he was later on. Um, so we're on the Senator Chester's private plane. That was the Senator that we heard from the start. Yep. He's drinking a cocktail as he reads his next speech. Then uh, the 1%. I don't yeah, know yeah, about I don't, them. I don't. Well, let's just, you might be happy with what happens next, Cambo. <laughs> so another jet plane sort of starts approaching and it's being flown by a toad and uh, blobs inside. They open the side of the door. He gives a thumbs up and he jumps out <laughs> of this plane, right? So then it refers to him as a blubbering projectile in the wind coming down. And then we hear a thwomp. Blob then punches through the wing and tears out the fuel line. And then he waves to the senator and he lets go and flies off into the sky. Um, So now things are happening. The senator's dead. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So when we go back to Canada, we're on a Canadian lake where Logan sits by himself. And Hudson, his old handler, sort of approaches him from uh, from the foliage. He says, before you say anything, I know you've quit, but we've got something for you. A request for a meeting. And he hands him a yellow envelope. Logan sort of looks at it. He opens it up. We don't sort of see what's inside at that point. Um, and we look into it. And then Hudson says, we still actually consider him absent without leave. And we want him back. Logan agrees to go, but only if it's alone with no backup. He then pulls out a picture of who it is. It's Sabretooth oh. that he's talking about. He then throws the picture in the air. And he pops his claws out and he like cuts it up as it falls to the ground. And now we find ourselves in Niagara Falls in a high-class restaurant. Ooh. Logan sitting down across from Sabretooth. Oh, uh, Logan, grab a seat. We need to talk. How's the mercenary business these days, Creed? You uh, assassinate any good foreign dignitaries lately? Actually, I've been monogamous for a while now. Yeah, working on a... Uh... Sort of a crusade. 
Well, isn't that special? Um, your, your, um, steak, sure. Well, I hope you don't mind. I, uh, I ordered without you. Nah. Seeing you again, I doubt I'd be able to keep solid food down. Now, what kind of way is that to talk to your old spying partner? We've been through a lot together, you and me. Yeah, we worked together, but we were never partners. I mean, if looking at it that way makes you feel better, fine. But I've been sent to ask if you want to team up again. See, a bunch of us got something going. It's called the Brotherhood. <laughs> kind of a pussy name if you ask me, but anyway. We're about to be putting a big hurt in a lot of people. I'm not interested, okay? So that's all of that, right? You done, John? I sure am. You know, there's not a day goes by I don't think about how much I'd like to take you out. Hey, I was only fulfilling an obligation there, so... Uh... As he talks, Sabretooth takes off his cowboy boots, revealing feet with long, clawed toes. Logan then takes off his tie. You know, I'm glad that you said no. Because now I have an altogether different obligation to stomp you into the ground. I've been hating you so long, I can't even remember what started it. I know what it started for me. You murdered the only woman I ever loved. <laughs> That's right, yeah. Now, why did I snuff her again? Oh, yeah, I remember. I didn't really have a reason. I did it for fun. <laughs> Logan's claws shoot out as he lunges. Sabretooth tips back in his chair, hits the floor, and does a backward somersault. Logan misses, knocking over the table. Sabretooth springs to his feet. Doing those claws. Step right up. Huge bite breaks yeah. out. Absolutely huge bite. We've like things are being thrown, steak knives are coming at everyone, they're chopping each other up, um, tables are just throwing everywhere. This is like it's a huge battle royale in this big restaurant. Halfway through, um, Wolverine has another um, POV flashback yep. to him um, back in time. He's in an industrial corridor, there's all these high tech military men rushing out, and that allows Sabretooth to sort of smash him over the side of the head. So these black hats are really thrown with his, his style. All the cutlery in the restaurant starts flying across to his hands and gets stuck on his hands. And then a man comes out of the shadows. You should have joined us, Wolverine. Painful waste of talent. Or every bit of metal in the whole restaurant sort of collapses on his yeah. hands. That gives uh, Sabretooth enough time to smash Logan through a window, picks him up, and he throws him over into Niagara Falls. Oh. Yeah. Here's a question. Hit if me. you can control metal, yep. the easier way to stop Wolverine would be to control the metal in his body. Yeah, rather Look, than send and, all and the that metal is to that you. is a that is a thing that, yeah. that, that 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 usually Magneto does. So now we're back in the X Mansion, and Xavier. Um, it, it's we we all know what the X Mansion is. Yep. The, it's the Institute for Higher Learning. Huge castle-like yeah, mansion. It's exactly that. Upstate New York. Yeah, yep, it's exactly that. School inside. And we do a little we do a little roll call. We go through everyone. Beast is um, like swinging upside down, reading To Kill yep. a Mockingbird. Yep. Angel sleeping on his stomach with his wings out. Yep. Um, Xavier works at his bench on a little device thing that he's yes, got. Because Beast's uh, quite intelligent. Yeah, that's his thing. He's super intelligent. He's super like yep. like flexible and can like mm -hmm. swing and do all that stuff. Suddenly, an alarm goes off. 
Iceman's watching the cameras and they each get taken out. Um, as he's watching the cameras, they sort of start going, getting deleted. They go, oh, what's happening? Cyclops and Jean, they, they run through. They, they come out of the same room as well. Yeah, who know what they're up to, yeah? Um, they join up with Beast and uh, Angel. The alarms changes to uh, bathe everyone in red light. The intruder has entered the mansion. The intruder has entered the mansion. They all split up and search for clues, as you do in these situations. And as Jean walks into the main foyer, she looks straight up to see Logan sitting on the staircase. Um, so then Logan, we cut to Logan asleep and we see his, the healing, how it all starts to sort of yeah. um, come together. The next morning, Xavier takes Logan on a tour of the mansion. He tells him how the public just thinks this is a school for gifted children. Um, and he mentions how he implemented a memory trigger in Logan. Because you think there's a loop. They're like, how did he find him? Yeah. He put a memory trigger in him. So when he decided to come, he knew where to go. Okay. Yeah. So he can do so. He says he doesn't like doing that. Okay. But he will. But that's part of his telepathic ability. abilities. Yeah. He can, he can make people do what he wants. Um, he finishes the tour in the high-tech basement and he unveils Cerebro, which mm-hmm. we talked about before. Um, I love to see just a, a computer. Yes, yeah, it's, it's just an old, uh, an old Apple computer. Um, that's his psychic link machine that's powerful enough to register energy sort of um, submitted by mutants and find them. That's yeah. yeah. So it is weird that he didn't use that before because yeah, he definitely yeah. has it. So, yeah, good, good call out, Cambo. Um, then we go into the training facility, which um, they call the training, training facility the Danger Room. Yeah, that's from yeah. the comics. Yeah, it's the Danger yeah, Room. And eventually made its way into the movies super sparingly. So, yeah. yeah. This, so this, they actually spend a bit of time in the Danger Room oh, now. Oh, cool. Yeah. yeah. Danger Room, it's like all holograms and stuff, right? Yeah, it's all things that pop up, traps and everything. So when we, re- when we meet them now, um, Iceman's in there and he's – Things are flying out at him. He's, he's diving around. They're watching through a glass portal. Um, Cyclops airs his frustration and concerns that Logan will not fit in here. But Xavier tells him that it, he's an X-Man now and that he needs us and we need him. Cut to an indoor swimming pool later on in the evening. Nice night for a dip, sweetheart. What can I do for you, Logan? You're doing it. You don't have to be shy around me. Let me explain something before you try to take this relationship beyond the leering stage. I know. You already got a boyfriend. A certain fella goes by the name of Cyclops. That night in my cabin, I could smell your lipstick on Pretty Boy's breath. So either you two had been smooching it up, or he was borrowing your shade. But it doesn't bother me. It's a woman's prerogative to change her mind. Good night, Logan. Sleep tight, don't let the bed bugs bite. As if they'd try. What's your hurry? Something about being alone in a room with you makes me uneasy. That's my animal magnetism. No. It's fear. Afraid you're going to fall in love. (laughs) Afraid you're a lunatic. Crazy for you. Logan, you are a heel. Cut to the living quarters of Scott Summers. Jean is drying her hair on his bed. What's the matter? Hmm? Oh, nothing. Really, just thinking, that's all. We have to tell them. Tell them what? Scott, I'm tired of sneaking in here every night, then having to hurry back to my own room before the sun comes up. But what are they going to say? 
And with Professor Xavier, around him I still feel like like some little kid. We shouldn't worry what the others will think or say. We, we shouldn't have to worry. I wish just once... <sighs> I'd give anything to be able to look into your eyes. Just once. Once in my lifetime. You know that can never happen. These lenses are the only thing keeping me from destroying everything I look at. Without them, without them, who knows? Okay, can we address what a creep Wolverine is in this script? Yeah. <laughs> he really is, he's a little too yeah. forceful. Like, and he's got the bad boy thing, it, but he's a little too... It makes it worse that Gene is like, stop. Yeah, no stop means Stop doing no. that. Yeah, I know. Because, it, like, it, it's always been a love triangle, but she's always been, like, a bit interested in him. Or, but she's like, you're no, creeping, no, creeping me, me out. out. <laughs> Please stop. He's like, whatever, babe. <laughs> you <laughs> you don't mean you that. You wouldn't like me anyway. Um, yeah, not great. <laughs> not so great. Yeah, I know. It's, yeah, it's a little bit, it's not as sort of fun and Also, flu. when he's like, I know you got a boyfriend. I don't give a fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Mate, it's just it's it's how he is. He's yeah. a bad boy. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah a little a- too much. A little too much. I think. Um, so now, from from that little, I, the the other thing that I want to mention, these characterizations, they spend a lot of time with the team. Yeah, and it sort of it's not so much just fight to fight. Mm-hmm. They they building up this idea of what it is to be a team. Yeah. and to to get everyone and merge everyone together. It's quite. I, I like that yeah. sort of aspect of it. So now we're in New York again, and the City Corp building. Do you know the City Corp building? City Corp. It's, no, it's not that iconic. It's yeah. got a, it's got a side. It's got like a slanted right. roof over there. But it starts to shake in the middle of New York, and uh, violently sort of shake to one side. Suddenly, all the windows blow out on one side, and then the building starts to fall towards the East River slowly. And then it just shatters. It tips over, and it just absolutely like blows up all over the gas. Someone's just taken out yeah. the City Bank building. Um, then we hear a news anchor. Alliance of Mutants calling themselves the Brotherhood have claimed responsibility for the bombing. Here is a portion of the message we received just moments before the explosion. The thunder you hear across a cloudless sky is not the sound of a storm rising. It is the sound of mankind falling. If it is your desire to fear mutants, it will be our pleasure to give you something worth fearing. If you hate us, we gladly hate you back. And if you attempt to imprison us, we will rise up and we will build our cities with your bones. Powerful stuff. It's powerful. It's great. It's, he loves a monologue, Magneto. Yeah, yeah. He loves a monologue. It's ridiculous. And who better to perform them? Than uh, Sir Ian McKellen. Sir Ian McKellen. <laughs> Xavier and Beast, they decide to leave for Manhattan to sort of figure out what's going on in Manhattan. Things are blowing up. Yep. Stuff's happening. Um, and he tells Cyclops to continue everyone's training as they need to see a marked improvement if they're to take on the Brotherhood. So he gives, okay. he tells, he tells Cyclops. Them. Yeah, he's <laughs> like, you guys, yeah. it's pretty shit. You guys need <laughs> to sort your stuff out. Beast and Xavier drive off. Then the police light starts sort of blinking behind them and there's a police car and pulls them over. 
They both look at each other. And obviously, remember, Beast is blue. Yeah. Like he's bright blue. Yeah, and very hairy. Very hairy. And so they look at each other. Beast leans over to Xavier and he says, you know what you need to do? The police officer... Is it, is, it's his POV uh-huh. now. Uh-huh. This is really something great, by the way, Kevin. Cuts to the police officer's POV and uh, he tells them to wind down their window doing the, uh, yep. the sign for winding down the window. The window slowly comes down. And who's driving the car? It's Mel Gibson at the wheel. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, 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 no. He's been pulled over by the cops Co- before. Correct. I know. This is pre him. Oh, so we know gonna, how he's going to react. He's going to start talking about the Jews. Yes. Yes. Stealing oh, wow. his land. Yes. Oh, don't. So Mel Gibson is driving the car mm-hmm. and they use Mel Gibson to get out of the driving ticket. <laughs> it is. Oh, doesn't the call the weirdest. cops sugar tits, does he? It's the weird. And the cop is like, hey, you're Mel Gibson. <laughs> You play like a crazy cop in all those movies. Yeah. And there's all these explosions. I love your movies. Thank you so much. Wow. That's really cool. Of course, I'm not going to give you a ticket. And he goes, yeah, that's right. I'm Mel Gibson. That's me, Mel Gibson. (laughs) So evidently, they've got Mel Gibson. Their idea was to get Mel Gibson. Weird. Weird. Really (laughs) weird. Really weird. We've uncovered some weird stuff on this podcast. It's a very strange scene. I think it's right up there with with, uh, Spider Sex from uh, James Cameron's (laughs) Spider-Man. But it's just a weird thing to have Mel Gibson being pulled over by the cops and uh, trying to get out of a ticket. Yeah, and it would have aged so horribly. Oh, my God. It would have (laughs) aged so horribly. Or he might have done that and then he'd had flashbacks to that scene and be like, oh, I know how I should act. Yeah. In this situation, yeah. and he'd still be acting today, baby. So now we've uh, we cut to a Brooklyn Navy depot. Yeah. Now this is when we meet um, two new characters. Um, there's Guyrich walks over to meet uh, Trask. Mm-hmm. So that's uh, Bolivar Trask. Bolivar, yes, um, famously creating uh, creator of the Sentinels. Yes. And played by Peter Dinklage in um, uh, Days, Days of Future Past. Past. And then uh, in X Men Three, a huge black man. Well, yeah, yeah, <laughs> which is weird. Yeah, which is quite a change. Yeah. Um, so he's he, uh, Trask is obviously like in this. He's described as a nebbish scientist. A nebbish. Uh, no, yeah, like, I think that nebbish, is the more traditional like, sort of nerdy Bolivar Trask. Yeah. Uh, trait. Trait. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So they both walk back to a huge truck, and Trask he shows him what he's been working on, and we see three pairs of glowing eyes from oh, inside okay. the truck. Yeah. So you can see where that's yeah. sort of going. So this is sort of. A little bit out of left field. This is just suddenly yeah. they've just thrown this a weird B plot in. coming. Yeah, in. yeah. It's it's because it's not nothing to do with the Brotherhood. It's yeah. just this, yeah, this sort of side side hustle they've got going on. <laughs> um, back in the streets of New York, Beast and Xavier, um, they sort of pick through the remains of the City Corp building, and they find that the metal support rods have been ripped from their concrete moorings. So they're like, okay. And then Xavier sort of he starts to recognise these sort of. Um, these attack marks yep. there. And Beast is on the phone with Jean Grey. Whoever it is leading the Brotherhood, well, it seems Charles may have had dealings with him in the past. If that's so, why didn't he tell us? He may feel we're not ready to hear the full truth just yet. In the Battle of Britain, the Royal Air Force was very heavily outnumbered by the German Luftwaffe. I doubt each man flying for Britain truly comprehended the enormity of the odds against him. Yet after three months of fighting, the RAF handed Hitler his first major defeat of this battle, Churchill said, never in the field of human conflict was so much owed by so many to so few. Man, where do you get all this stuff from? Churchill also said it is a good thing for an uneducated man to read books of quotations. 
Where's Professor Xavier now? In the other room here. He's gone into some sort of deep psionic trance. What? As far as I can tell, he's reaching out across the entire city with his mind, sorting through the millions of states of consciousness around us. He's calling out the Brotherhood leader. Cut to Logan's living quarters. We're on his balcony. Can I talk to you for a minute? I've been thinking about you. Yeah? With or without clothing. Give it a rest for once, Logan. A little of that garbage goes a long way. All right. What's up? If I ask you a straight question, will you answer honestly? Depends what the question is. Try me. Why are you still alive? You want to run that by me again? Well, if the records Professor Xavier dug up from Department H are anywhere near accurate... You've been shot at least 120 times in the line of duty. You've been stabbed over 60 times. You've been bludgeoned, burned. You even went over Niagara Falls. Yet there you sit, alive and well. But what keeps you going? It can't all be because of your healing factor. Not all of it. To survive what you have, it would take this unbelievable rage to live. What are you getting at? Well, like I said, I've been thinking about you, and there's something I don't get. I mean, what in the world could you possibly be living for? You don't care about anyone, and it's pretty clear you loathe yourself. Most people have someone they care about. So I wonder, what does Logan look forward to? Does he look forward to the next time he has the pleasure of digging his claws into someone? Is he just in his heart of hearts, breathlessly anticipating his next victim's last gasp? Is that enough? It, it couldn't be. But what else is there for him? <laughs> oh my, did I hurt your feelings? Maybe you better leave. <laughs> it's interesting. I was about to say the same thing to you. You asked. Do you really want to know? I'm sitting here with you, right? Okay. Well, before that, I worked for Department H a bunch of years. And just before that, I was living in a forest in Canada, running around, killing and eating and howling at the moon. That's as far back as my memory goes. And it's got some pretty rough edges as is. So while you might have a recollection of some freckled-faced brat pulling your pigtails in kindergarten, or the first time you rode a bike without training wheels, I have these. I've had them every single day of what little of my life I remember. I don't even know if they belong to me. There's not a single picture in here that has me in it, or that means anything when I look at it. But still, is this my mother? Is this my father or my brother? And that's the whole other thing. With my healing and all, it's a good bet I don't age too fast. So I could be 30 years or a hundred. In which case, my past is ancient history. Why are some of the corners bent? Those are ones where I looked for that person or went to that place. I ain't found nothing yet. But someday one of these pictures is going to tell me who I am. 
Other than that, I don't do a whole lot of looking forward. Okay, so... Logan's got a little box of photos. Yeah, little box of little shoe box of photos. Little, yep. Yeah, okay, yep. he's looking through them. He's quite mean to everyone. <laughs> but as soon as someone's mean to him, he's like, just leave. Yeah. <laughs> you know, do you know I had a really hard childhood that I don't remember? Yeah, I assume. So also yeah. the, the logic of being like, I heal, so therefore I probably age slow. Yeah. I know he just puts he just puts <laughs> yeah. two and two together. Yeah, I guess. It's, it's just interesting. Now, while that's going on, Cyclops actually is watching Logan and Jean talk on the balcony. He's a bit bothered, but he doesn't sort of say anything. and He just sort of walks off shaking his head. So he's like, nah, what's going on here? So there's a little bit of back Why and forth. that man crying at that yeah, woman? Yeah, 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 exactly. Then we cut back to New York and uh, Xavier, he, you know that little device he was working on mm-hmm. before? So it's got little antennas on it. It comes to life and it starts beeping. Xavier suddenly, he releases from his trance. He opens his eyes back up with a gasp. He's here, and he is very close. Beast goes all the way up to the rooftop of where they were, and they see something scratched into the metal up there. It says Central Park, the pond, 11 p.m. tomorrow. So now we're at 11 p.m. the next night, and Beast and uh, and Xavier are sitting in a park waiting. Then suddenly, thwop, a dart hits Beast in the chest. Yeah. Then engines roar to life, and three Range Rovers burst out onto Central Park. Xavier sort of looks around, and he's also hit in the neck with a dart. And as he starts to fade, he sees Guyrich approach. Guyrich says, we don't need a cripple, just the blue one. They all sort of pick Beast off and, uh, and start dragging him away. And we're left with Xavier, unconscious, as they take Beast, lock him in the truck, and drive off. Just then, a shadow falls over Xavier. It's Magneto. He picks him up. Well, we have come to the end of part one of our cancelled movie report on the original 90s version of X-Men. We hope you enjoyed this episode and we would love it if you would subscribe, be it on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever you like to listen. That really does help us a lot on this show. It would also be terrific if you could leave us a five-star rating, or most importantly of all, tell a friend. We're completely independent here at Cancel Movie Report, so your support means the world to us. And if you do love the show and you want to support us, Come join us over on Patreon. Got a whole bunch of extra stuff on there, including a whole bonus podcast all about the Hollywood casting system. It's pretty fun. Hey, what do you think of the movie so far? And have we missed anything? We'd love to hear from you. You can always get in touch with us via cancelmovies at gmail.com or at cancelmovies on all of the socials. And maybe there's a cancelled movie project you've always wanted to hear about. Why not let us know? You can fill out the form in the episode description alerting us to a project and we may just give it the cancelled movie report treatment. My name is Michael Campbell. I've hosted and edited this episode, and Eden Porter is my co-host as well. Thank you very much, Campbell. And we both produced the show. Uh, we'd also love to thank our amazing voice cast. Oh, how good were they, mate? How yeah, good were they? The, nailing, nailing it. You'll find all of them linked in the episode notes just below. But make sure you're listening next week to find out all how this all wraps up. You've got to know. But if you can't wait, here's a sneak peek. Manhattan, in case you haven't noticed, has been brought to its... From this day on, the Iron of Manhattan no longer belongs to man. It now belongs to me and to mine. To mutants! Until then, take care.